0: Educating your students and giving them what your expectations are up front is super important and I kind of lay those from the day they come in for their orientation like we talk about.
1: Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hard-working school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to the Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. I'm super excited about having my guest on today is uh, Shihan Jeremy Sipes. How you doing, sir?
0: Great, how you doing, Hanji? It's good to see you.
1: Outstanding, outstanding. Well, thanks for making time. So uh, Shihan Jeremy's been uh, a member of the team, I guess she started, what, like 30 years ago or something. Give, Give me kind of a bit of an origin story
0: yeah, so, um, I was that typical kid who started in martial arts because his parents were looking for a little bit of focus and a little bit of self-discipline. um and rightfully so, I was a little bit of a wild child. But, um, you know, started in martial arts at a young age. My family actually trained with me uh, for many years, uh, ended up competing many years in like the you know, karate point fighting tournaments and katas and things like that. um took a little bit of time off as a teenager and then came back to martial arts kind of. Um, it was pulling at my heartstrings a little bit. And so got So back I'm going to stop the, you the... right
1: there. So first <laughs> off, I'm just having all these, uh, you know, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I remember first off your, your pop who, who passed, how long has it been since your pop, pop passed? Uh,
0: I think we're 11 or 12 years. Wow. Now. It's wow. been a long was time. An
1: amazing guy. And, you know, he was, uh, you know, trained with you and it was so, so much fun having on the team. And I remember when you took time off, he was still training. Is that right? was he still around? Uh, so
0: we all yeah we all took time off together okay um, and then okay. my dad uh, brought up the idea of coming back to training so got that's kind of how it all yeah. started and
1: i i like i still have this visual and i i know what we talk about this a couple times a year where you're coming in and you've got you know you're sagging and you got a baggy shirt and a you know baseball you know a beanie whatever it was <laughs> a hoodie on you were trying to look very tough and i don't know you were probably 14 or 15 and <laughs> it, but yeah man you you jumped in with both feet and 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 never looked back since it was great
0: yeah it's you know it's it's interesting to to kind of look back at that and now looking at my students and how easy it is to get um persuaded by certain you know lifestyles and certain even just wasting a bunch of money on all those clothes I remember how much money I used to spend on all those clothes as a teenager and I could have made much smarter investments with my time and money
1: I remember there was a point in my career, and I'll just use his name, actually, Tom Callis, who is my my good friend. And, you know, but there was a point when he was at this and Tom, if you're listening, suck it up, buddy. You really did this. (laughs) is that he was really into fashion this would have been in the early 90s and his schools doing really well and he so i think it was that he lacked a lot as a kid so everything was like name brand and i remember him i had a sport coat on he goes oh he walked over to check it out you know he couldn't didn't know if he liked it or not until he looked at the tag and realized it was like a cheap sport coat <laughs> and he had to make a comment it was like cuz i remember thinking anyway uh yeah he there's a it's very easy to spend yeah money on that kind of stuff if you don't watch it
0: yeah, absolutely. So uh, from that, you know, teenager that was maybe a little misguided. You know, I was definitely that that classic teen that was trying to find their identity and trying to find, you know, what I thought was cool and and what my hobbies were. I didn't really have any as a teenager and stuff. And so when my dad brought up martial arts, I kind of my interest was piqued. I was like, yeah, I used to really like that. You know, let, let's get back into it. So um, got back into training in martial arts, and probably I don't know. Three or four months into it, they, they needed some help on the mat, just holding pads. One of the classes was, was a little light on instructors. And so I went out there and held pads and helped out and, you know, it started to become a, a normal thing. I'd go and help a little before I trained. And then, you know, a year later, I ended up having my, you know, red, it wouldn't be a red coat now, but blue coat back then um, and was teaching pretty much full time. So
1: Yeah. And you started when you were teaching. It was at the Carmichael School. And, uh, and then from there, you went up and you managed the Cameron Park School for several years and you were there for several years
0: yes sir yeah we were i was in cameron park for probably 12 years 10 12 years
1: incredible and then you moved to waterman you were there for what three or four years at least yeah four to five years four to five wow and then of course uh a little less than two years ago year and a half ago we opened up and and uh covid hit we 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 had closed a couple schools and and it was time to open up again so i guess like february of, of 20 uh uh, 22 was that about right yes,
0: sir yeah february 2022 was our grand opening
1: yeah yeah and and it's it's kind of a different model because most of our schools are uh we've kind of grown uh square footage wise over the years and actually we're right. kind of reverting back to kind of lean and mean so we found that <laughs> location thought man it was a great place and and so what i wanted to do is i wanted to share with you get get you some of the feedback so two things number one uh uh, what you think are some key things to, because you've been doing this professionally for 20 years now plus, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what are some key things for maybe someone that's listening that's struggling to do? And then the, the the second question would be, how has your perspective changed about how to run a school? So let's go with the first one. If you were talking to someone that's listening to this podcast and they're struggling, they're having a hard time growing their school and making it work. What were some of the things that you would tell them?
0: Well, I think the, the the biggest eye-opener from going from zero to where we're at, we're at about 130 active count right now, and the goal is to hit 150 by the end of the year. And one of the things that I've noticed mainly is that it's all about community. It's all about that structure that you build from day one of talking to the very first person that you're letting know about your school when you have zero students. To, you know, even if you had 250, 300 students, it's the community that you build around that school that really makes it. And honestly, like a high percentage of my like referrals and people that are coming in are those of my families that are currently training, you know, they're not just, um, you know, I know that we all want to. What's the best marketing strategy and what's the best business strategy and we want to do mailers and we want to, you know, have Facebook ads and we want to throw all this money at stuff and and really time and investment into people and giving that service has really netted me the best results.
1: So you know uh, it it's kind of scary. I'm sure you were a little bit if you weren't you should have been, right? A little scary to open up a school from scratch. And I have <laughs> yes, actually sir. although we've had lots of schools through the years, I've actually opened from scratch three times. So when when I first opened, actually I took over school it was already there but there's only six students so it really doesn't count. Okay. And then when we I then then I uh, I opened a school in Citrus Heights. I actually had two schools at the same time. This would have been back in the in the early 80s and it didn't work. I ended up closing uh, I, I couldn't manage to and so I remember that feeling going into a new neighborhood where nobody knew me, etc. And then when we moved to Carmichael in 86, right. and I, I just remember, man, it's intimidating, you know, walking in. And uh, when you don't have any students to ask for referrals for, you got to create that. So what were some of the things that you did initially? How do you combat that kind of uh, uh, the anxiety or the fear of, of trying to starting from zero and being successful?
0: Yeah, I think um, from a business perspective and trying to do outreach and stuff, most of it was going to other businesses and seeing what we could do to um, serve them, right? A lot of times I've, uh, I'm have i a coach for our uh, Satori Alliance program, as well as our ProMAC program. And I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I went and we exchanged flyers and I didn't get anything out of it. And that I remember doing that a lot in the past. But the main thing that's helping me out now is I go into those business owners and I say, hey, look, we want to help. Your businesses with some sort of, you know, um, uh, what is it called? The where they're building their their clients or sorry their their oh, man. My brain's a little a little oh, yes. right now. So what what you um, can
1: do for them? You're going in and you're you're sharing. Here's how I can help your business.
0: Right, exactly. I want to try and increase their health and wellness and their productivity in their um, in their workplace. And so one of the things that we can do is, you know, either a self-defense clinic or maybe like a team building exercise. And that's actually gotten me. Um, more connections with people, which then in turn, uh, I'm now the karate guy in their mindset. Right? They're they're thinking, oh, my want now my student, my little kid to learn self defense or confidence, and and I'm the one that's at the forefront of their mind. And you know, I wasn't trying to sell them; I'm trying to help them.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to stop right there because it's really an important point. So, like it, like uh, uh, something that people do is when they go into businesses. I mean, how many times have I had someone come into a business, or for that matter, at home, someone knock on the door that wants something from you, and it's like, oh man, your guard goes up. But imagine, uh, I'm, I'm really speaking not to you as much as the people listening. Imagine if someone came into your school one day and said, hey, I have uh, people coming to buy pizza from me, you know, 200 customers a day. Do you have any flyers that you can give me that I can give my customers? I'd be all over that. And so that's right. kind of the way to do this. If so, if you, you know, you go, you meet the people in your community. And what can I do for them? Hey, uh, you know, I'm just running an open up a martial arts school. We're going to have hundred families a week coming into the school. Do you have any flyers that we can pass out to our students? And then, Oh, by the way, uh, how many employees do you have? Here's some guest passes, et cetera. But I think it's really smart. Okay. So uh, getting to know your community and then tell me about the culture that you've really worked so hard to create within your student body.
0: So I think the main thing with that one is a lot of touch points and making sure that my families know. I mean, we all care about our students, but really showing that we care is a different story, right? When they're on the mat and they're training and and we're helping with their moves, that's one level of care. And we absolutely do a great job of that. And I know that. Anyone that's listening to this probably does the same thing, right? We really take good qual- or care and quality martial arts, but it's off the mat. It's when we're talking to our families. You know, I got little Johnny who's acting out a little bit in class and I go up to mom. Hey, is everything okay? You know, he is acting a little different in class today. Um, or the times that they are making mistakes, really holding them accountable at the right level, right? Not yelling at them or getting mad at them, but hey, let's make this better. Let's let's get to the level that we want to get to rather than just being okay with that middle ground. And I think that the, the families really appreciate those, those check-ins and they really appreciate us as a group them and the instructors holding their students to a high level and they're passing on a good you know good sayings and good praises about the school for us i mean we're asking them to you know go out and get a referral hey bring a buddy to buddy day and stuff like that but when the conversation is brought up about us at least the people that are coming in and telling us about these conversations they're all you know nothing but high praise and good things about those specific things right that we care that we really take time for our students in class that we you know focus on things outside the martial arts all
1: that stuff good stuff and one of the things that I know about you and I know that it, it's you've doubled down on it, is that you opened up the Folsom's location that is is that I don't want to use the word strict but you're pretty you know you're, you're, you're it's not all fun and games in other words they show up to class they're not doing karate dodgeball for 45 minutes before they go I mean you're yeah, you're and you and you're I don't want to say hard on them, but, you know, you're you, you're demanding a lot out of your students. And, and uh, uh, how do you do that and still make them enjoy class?
0: Um, I think one of the mindsets I adopted really early on, this is um, one of the things I really liked about the Folsom location is I've taken the kind of mom and pop feel that I had at Cameron Park. Okay. And I've taken the systems that we used at Waterman. Um, Because Cameron Park, for those of you that are listening and don't know, Cameron Park had about 180 students and Waterman had about 400. So mm-hmm. a vastly different environment. And so I've kind of combined those two with having that ability to connect with my students a little more one on one because of the smaller footprint. But having all those systems in place, like our progress checks and our black belt club talks and things like that really help out. But I think being consistent day in and day out is is where we really thrive here at Folsom. Um, and so we're not, you know, swinging the pendulum really hard to fix stuff. It's that, you know, we we give the expectations up front and we try and really stay on that line. And, yeah, we play dodgeball every once in a while and have fun. But um, I feel like our students pride themselves in being really good at martial arts. And that's when they get to have fun. And we play dodgeball every once in a while and stuff. Sure.
1: But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you do it. There's, the, You can do both. We know this. You know, yes, you, can, you can make a class where. Uh, you're drilling them hard, and they're having fun, and and uh, but you know what's fun is being good at something is fun, <laughs> and when yes, I can sir. really go uh, cross lead leg round kick and I'm just cracking that bag, that's fun, right? <laughs> so it's it's a matter of finding a way to kind of really. Uh, uh, mind, body, spirit. You get your 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 students to be all fully committed, so they're mentally engaged, physically engaged, emotionally engaged. So the next thing I'd like to ask you is, of course, or as of right now, uh, Folsom is our smallest footprint. How many square feet do you have?
0: Uh, we're at about eighteen hundred square feet total, and that leaves us about twelve hundred ish square feet of mat space.
1: And just to put it in perspective, our head school has 13,400 square feet and uh, <laughs> Madison has 6,000 square feet, right? So, but we mindfully thought, you know what, bigger isn't always better, it's just bigger. And as you mentioned, the school you're at last, Waterman had 400 members and and uh, it, it's a different kind of a school when you do that. So the, we kind yes, of sir. built this with the intention of being a little more small, a little elite. Tell me the pros and cons of, uh, by the way, we're profitable with 130 members, so good job on that. Uh, but, but tell me the difference between, you know, your feelings, the pros and cons of running a 400 student school and 130 student school. And I know we're trying to get to 150, but you get the idea.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I think, um, if I were to compare apples to apples at this stage in the game, I think one would definitely be the availability of staff. So at the 400, most of our 400 student schools, we have larger staffs, mm-hmm. which allow the availability of rotation in classes. Students get to see a variety of instructors and things like that. Um, so I have to be really creative because my students see me every day, every class. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I have to make sure that I'm not, you know, if I'm teaching multiple classes or multiple days in a row, my, my mental has to stay strong. Like I have to really make sure every 45 minutes I'm bringing my best for every single class. And that was definitely a big game changer, not being able to step off the mat as often. Um, and all of it's kind of on me. So I have to play like, you know, both personalities. I have to be the good cop and bad cop, which mm-hmm you know, maybe we aren't always as versed at doing. So I think that was one of the big, like mental adjustments. Um, physically, space is definitely something we have to watch out for. So we have capacity um, caps on all of our classes. Um, So 27 is kind of the max that our mat can really hold. Um, So that does put a limit on classes and where I can put, you know, juniors or little samurai classes and things like that. So being creative, I think, um, you know, with this, quote unquote, one person model. We have helpers and other people that are staffed and TNT members and stuff like that. But Um, being creative, is is kind of something that I've had to to really explore um, with this new adventure.
1: Yeah, you know, and what's old is new again, because I, I, you know, I I know you've heard me telling back in the day stories forever. But (laughs) I I remember that was how it was for me for the over the first decade, for the first 15 years, it was like I was doing pretty much everything, right. And, and uh, I think uh, a lot of times, at least some of our other schools and, and, uh, they don't even realize how good they have it when it comes to having two or three other red coats on the floor uh, and all this space, and you know you just kind of take it for granted. And it's not just our schools; I hear it all the time. Like, man, I had to teach three classes in a row, and when I hear <laughs> that, I I kind of go, "Really? <laughs> Come on, yes, man! Sir. You know, you you get what I'm talking about." It's a, uh, uh, but it, it's really uh, is about pacing yourself, and so much of it. Is, uh if you have the systems in line and you and you you teach your kids that your focus anchors are strong and you and you and you you what happens you don't have to provide all the energy for every class if you teach your students how to bring their energy to it then it's just a matter of maintaining because if you're the one that's got to be the cheerleader you know four or five classes a day you know four or five days in a, that 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 can be hard work so that's really kind of a, a tricky balance to be able to do
0: Yeah, I think educating your students and giving them what your expectations are up front is super important. And I kind of lay those from the day they come in for their orientation. Like we talk about standards and not that it's really crazy or rigid or that I'm being, you know, some, you know, militant type person. But just, hey, this is how we do things. And you're going to see students doing this a lot and, you know, follow along. It's this is normal and this is how we roll here.
1: Well, Elaine Warner was at your place last week and she made a comment to me. She said, uh, she, you said something that kind of took her back for a second, but you go, Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I think she probably shared it with you. Is you, you were talking to a dad of someone that was either just starting and you kind of said, Hey, just so you know, we don't coddle kids or, or something like that. And, and, uh, uh, I, maybe that for some people's standards might not sound politically correct, but the bottom line is, is that what the guy responded, Yeah, good. I don't want you to. It's just almost like there's a, uh, A rebirth that, you know, people coming back from COVID, they wanted to give their kids everything they possibly could because they missed out. And now it's kind of like, no, man. I mean, I think more and more people are realizing the value that it's okay for your kids to have a hard time and struggle and it's okay for them to fail upon occasionally. And, and, uh, And that's part of the process. Comments on that?
0: Yeah. I think, um, unfortunately, um, Nick Wilson showed us a great video. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was speaking at, I believe the relentless conference. And he was talking about that, you know, karate tech, we have a bad name, honestly, like, especially because jujitsu is more apparent nowadays, kickboxing, boxing, like those kind of places are more like widely spread that, you know, karate and Taekwondo kind of have this name of that. It's all about belts and fun stuff. And I don't want to be that karate school that's lumped in with that i want to be the karate school it's known as we you know we build champions we build people that work not necessarily champions in the ring but they work hard they're disciplined they're focused they're confident and even though we do life skills we also train real martial arts and, yep.
1: and i let our parents know that yeah that was Jody tension he's a pre, he's got some really good content uh regarding that well cool well hey man so let's switch gears for a second you tend to be i know every tuesday staff meeting we have you work with the team on social media. Give. Give the audience, we're just going to take just a couple quick tips on what they can do to be more relevant uh, with, with utilizing social media in this day and age.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, social media can be scary if you're not doing anything with that with it at all. Um, but the main thing about social media is um, just one, doing it, like getting out there and pressing record and putting some things out there and figuring out what works for you, you know, just like any other Um, business model type thing, any other system that we put in place, it's not going to work perfect at first. There's no like package that you can have that's going to make you go viral or you're going to get a thousand new members based on your social media. Um, So social media, if you think about it in context of the name, it's that's what it is. It's social and it's media. So it's media for the social to consume. And so when our social media platforms are put at the forefront of our mind, we want to think about you know, what kind of content would be good for everybody, not for me, like me as a martial arts instructor, I'm going to probably post videos of hey, come to my class and come try things out. But in reality, a consumer might want, you know, a stretching tip, or maybe they want a eating tip, or they want, you know, things like that. And so it doesn't have to be like, especially us martial artists, we have so many different buckets that we can fill when it comes to our, like the knowledge that we have and the stuff that we do physically, like those two combined can it nets us just endless amounts of results for content ideas. So don't get stuck in one hole, but think about who you want to share your content with and build a community around that. And I think that that's a, at least a good starting place.
1: Yeah. And I think you also touched on something. It's kind of like it's not what you want, because sometimes I think like I'll use my posts and my videos that I'll do. Sometimes I'll think that people need to hear this. They're going to like this and I get nothing. And then other times I'll post something that like you know it just blows up right and right. Uh, and it, it's kind of like you got to pay attention to the market right you got to kind of listen to it because it will tell you you know what is what is working it's not necessarily what you think it needs and, <laughs> and uh, yeah so sometimes uh, i'm pleasantly surprised and other times i might spend you know, 45 minutes on some post, and I spent all this time writing in a certain way, and it doesn't go anywhere. So you never know, but you got to keep on kind of testing the waters. And I think what you said, it you, you've actually, uh, it, the first thing is you just got to do it in some capacity and kind of find your way a little bit.
0: Yeah, I actually was um, researching some stuff recently, and it was talking about how um, one of the biggest things, and it's so funny that this is a thing, but authenticity is the newest, like, praise it's the new like thing but it's like really like authenticity like just being yourself (laughs) because there was so much time caught up in the meme culture and people trying to copy all these different trends and stuff like that now just be authentic just be you and and i think that you'll find that the people that gravitate towards your social audience will be the people that you want around you and you're going to find that you're going to get more results off of that that are pleasing rather than just a flood of comments and a flood of likes like that those dopamine hits are great but Let's actually make it worthwhile.
1: Yeah. And then also, if if you're doing this, you're building, you know, your social media audience because you want to help grow you and you want to contribute, you want to grow your school. You also attract people that like what you do. Right. And if you're not being you, you're not attracting people are coming in and they're they're being attracted to something you're not. And I, I, so I think right. it's such an important point. And it, and it kind of has to do with also like. Uh, You know, teaching styles too. like, you know, who's to say one particular style of teaching is the right thing. Uh, But, you know, but if it speaks to the students that, you you know, that's what you're really looking for. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, you just got to be the best version of yourself when you're out there.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, just like you said, when they see if they see something online and they come in and they get something completely different, like you've you've just lost that opportunity of a connection, whether it was a new student or maybe someone that wants to work with your business or maybe somebody that wanted to help your company just in general. Right. You got to make sure that those things do align and they talk about branding all the time and things like that are really important when it comes to social media. But, yeah, if you're just starting from ground zero, be authentic and be yourself and just hit record, have fun with it.
1: Outstanding, man. Well, I wanted to I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a school to run. So anything <laughs> happening for you? Are you doing anything particular? Is any kind of tests or anything in the next few weeks?
0: Uh, excuse me. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm up for a six degree uh, black belt later on this year. So uh, getting ready for that. Actually, I have a training session with Elaine Warner um, later on this week
1: uh, to get All some stuff ready. Outstanding. Good deal. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, of course we'll be there. So, all right. She Sipes, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the, on the call and giving some great feedback and continued Oops. success to you, sir.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Take care.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational to stay connected. Please subscribe to Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really, uh, sincerely, would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.